Legally oh. Blonde was not my favorite. I hate that movie. Yeah. Jury Duty with Pauly Shore. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. It's not. It's just not good gunner. I have never seen that. Oh, my God. It's... It's, it's a masterpiece. Welcome to The Defense Never Rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not. Good morning, everyone. We're here for another edition of The Defense Never Rests. I'm joined by my colleagues, Ashley Johnson. Good morning. Oliver Brooks. Hi. Tyler Williams. Good morning. And our topic today is the top 10 legal movies of all time. And at the outset, I'll say if we forget any, comment below. Give us your thoughts about things that we may have uh, glossed over. So I know that one thing I always do is I always ask my friends in a certain industry what television or movies best represent uh, their chosen fields. So I ask my physician friends, is life really like Grey's Anatomy and ER? And people ask us all the time, is this legal movie, is that accurate? Is this how it really is or is it sensationalized for the film, uh, for the the purpose of the film? So what we did internally is we took a huge vote, took weeks to compile, um, painstakingly came up with a list of uh, 10 legal movies that are our favorites internally in the office, paralegal staff, attorneys, everyone in here uh, contributed to this. So we're going to go from 10 to 1. We're going to briefly talk about each one. We're going to talk about how realistic we think it is, good takeaways from it, uh, and things that uh, the public may not know about how life really is an attorney kind of taken from these movies. So let's start with number 10. It's a six-way tie, unfortunately, between Kramer's... And, and spoiler alert, uh, you know, jury duty with Pauly Shore just didn't make the <laughs> that didn't make the list. And the other one that didn't make the list was Legally Blonde because half the people voted for Legally Blonde, half the people voted for Legally Blonde 2, and there was no coalescing of Legally Blonde fans. Isn't it the same movie? I, th- I don't I've never seen either, but... I, I, I think it's the same okay. movie. So that didn't make the list either. So if you're looking for that, it's not on here. And you should talk to the voters about that because they're the ones that screwed that up. So six-way tie for 10th. Kramer versus Kramer, Ted 2, People versus Larry Flint, Michael Clayton, Primal Fear. So let's start with the first one real briefly. Kramer versus Kramer. Anyone seen it? What's the takeaway? Um, I have seen it, and it's uh, about a divorce. Um, what I took away from it, um, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it, actually. But um, essentially, it's just a, a divorce and a custody case, and the custody is ultimately awarded um, to the father or to the mother under the tender years doctrine. And ultimately, the mother decides that the son uh, would be better off staying with the father. So, yeah. good movie. I've never seen any of Meryl Streep. It's classic. Okay. Ted 2. Fantastic. <laughs> what are the big takeaways? Uh, it, it's a goofy movie. That's what it is. Uh, it, there's no real legal precedent to it. It's just funny. Why is um, it on this list? Because I never saw... I only saw Ted. Because it, it's hilarious. Is it about Ted, the law? What Ted is, Ted is a, a, an animated talking bear. He gives himself a, a last name, which is uh, Clubber Lang, which is uh, Mr. T's character in the, the Rocky movies. And he, he uh, moves the court to uh, hold that he is a person rather than property, oh, and I, it, uh, it doesn't work out for him. Um, but everything that uh, that happens in the movie is funny. There's no, uh, no legal significance to it, at Great. least in my opinion. Super funny, though. It is hilarious. Okay. Well, maybe I should put that on my list. People versus Larry Flint. Oliver, is the, that's, this table is the only one that's seen it. Yeah, excellent movie. Uh, not only because it is uh, a pretty good representation of the historical precedent of uh, uh, what Larry Flint went through, even, you know, love or hate the guy, the founder of Hustler Magazine, uh, I think it's hard to argue that he was not a, uh, a champion of the First Amendment. Uh, actually got, you know, kind of shot and paralyzed over the whole issue. And he makes a, uh, a cameo in the movie. He's the judge. Uh, oh, really? mm-hmm. Yeah, Woody Harrelson is uh, plays his character. Yeah, he plays Larry Flint's character, and as Courtney Love as his uh, his wife, which 
You don't need to say anything more about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't understand what that means. Michael Clayton, one of my personal favorites. Anyone seen Michael Clayton? Yes, I've seen Michael Clayton, um, George Clooney's character. He is basically the janitor for the law firm in that he cleans up issues and certain problems that are taking place. And uh, one of uh, the biggest problems uh, in in the film is that uh, one of his friends and a colleague who's defending uh, a certain company that makes a weed killer in a civil case uh, learns that this product is actually doing a lot of damage um, and he has a bit of a mental breakdown and decides to start helping the lead plaintiff in the case and it's all these issues with how George Clooney is going to handle that issue in terms of whether his loyalty remains to his friend or to the firm or to the client so it's a very fascinating fantastic movie movie. uh, Tilda Swinton is in that one of my personal favorites from Doctor Strange and Constantine and some other stuff she's great and uh Snowpiercer. She was in Snowpiercer. Have you ever seen that? Oh, Unwatchable. <laughs> really? I, I tried to watch it three times. Well, same, guy, same guy directed that, directed Parasite, which is out now. Plug, great movie. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. To, that's next on my list. Okay. Well, we'll go Christmas Eve. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a reservation for Christmas Eve. Uh, and then the fourth, the, the last tie for 10th was Primal Fear. I don't think anyone's seen that but me. Um, this has to do with a uh, an altar boy with a stutter who kills a priest and uh, is defended by Richard Gere, the Baltimore is played by um, Edward Norton. And the long and short of it is that he, he fakes the fact that he has dual personality disorder. He ends up not and engineers his own insanity defense, was put in a mental institution. And I think the takeaway from that is your, your clients aren't always upfront with you with what they might be sharing or having or what documents they have or their position on things. And you have to be really careful at the outset to vet your clients just like you're vetting uh, opposing counsel and, and their clients via cross-examination or deposition. Yeah, all, all my clients tell me everything. Well, then you got a skill. I'm glad yeah, you, you did. Gotta, you got to work on that. I'm glad we're colleagues. I'm glad <laughs> we're on my team, you know. All right, number nine. We're done with the ties. Number nine, A Time to Kill, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Anyone want to talk about it? I have not seen it. Okay. That's great. It's, uh, it's about jury nullification. You know, Samuel L. Jackson's uh, daughter is violently attacked by these uh, these white guys in the rural South, and they're tried and acquitted. And uh, he goes into the courthouse and shoots them and kills them in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And then he is tried, and that's what the case is about. It's uh, it it's a uh, sort of a textbook jury nullification case. Sounds uplifting. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, the, I don't know if I go there. Well, I think at the beginning <laughs> he, he moves he tries to move venue right to a more ethnically diverse place because it's a, the, the mm. town is rife with. Uh, Klansmen and, and bias, and at the end, I think it's the probably the, the most famous closing argument in cinematic history. That's the imagine she was white. Remember that? Yeah. So at the end, he, he says, you know, um, he talks about the brutal rape of Samuel Jackson's daughter, but doesn't give her a color or a name, and simply says, close your eyes, and describes this rape for minutes and minutes and minutes, and then says, now open your eyes and imagine she's white, and the jury all comes to his side, and it's an incredibly powerful moment. So. Wow. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, please do. Number eight, Aaron Brockovich. Not seen it. Anyone seen it? I have. It's okay. a classic. Julia Roberts movie. Um, also, it is a true story. Um, it's based on um, a town, and it's called Hinkley. It's a Mojave desert town. Um, their water system was polluted by Pacific Gas and Electric, who was illegally dumping chemicals into the water system. And a bunch of their residents got seriously ill, and I think some had died as well. Um, Aaron Brockovich ironically took the job. She got the job because um, she hired this lawyer 
to represent her after a car accident and she couldn't pay him. So she took a job there to obviously instead of get instead of paying him and she does all the research and she um, investigates and she ultimately she basically did everything but try the case um, and I think it's important what I took away from it from a legal perspective is one the power of your staff mm-hmm. and the importance of your staff and how hard they work also the power of proper investigation um, she did it, it, intense investigation it took a ton of time but ultimately I think that's what helped win the case a 30 i think it was like over 300 million dollars they awarded so that's what i took away from it good movie anything to add no one we're good okay next number seven another mcconaughey movie mcconaughey is making a dual (laughs) appearance here lincoln lawyer who has seen the lincoln lawyer and what are the real life uh, takeaways from that in the legal profession anyone okay lincoln it was your vote I wasn't my vote. I've, I've seen it. I have, I have other people at the table that have seen it. Um, Lincoln Lawyer, Matthew McConaughey represents Ryan Phillippe, who I, I only know from Cruel Intentions. I don't know anything he's, he's ever been in besides Cruel Intentions. Do you have any? What was the one where he was no. tra- uh, 54, about Studio 54? Oh, I yes, he was, he was in, in there. Yeah. But I where has he been? Where is he? He's married to Sarah Michelle Gellar, isn't he? Or that's Freddie Prince Jr. No, he was married to Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah, had, oh right, right. We have someone off camera, Carrie, uh, filling us in. But he, he is this kind of um, uh, untraditional attorney that travels around in a, in a car, is driven around and accepts these cases, and they're all criminal defense, and he represents kind of uh, ne'er-do-wells, you know, uh, motorcycle gangs and other people, and he represents Ryan Phillippe. The long and short of it, without going into too much detail, is that Ryan Phillippe is, uh, at the outset, appears to be innocent, but that not only does he admit to Matthew McConaughey that he's guilty, He's also guilty of another crime that Matthew McConaughey had a former client plead guilty for years ago who's in prison. So this, I think, really highlights, I mean, we talked before about, you know, you should know your client up front and do your proper investigations. Um, You know, Matthew McConaughey, you know, up front took the case to kind of help his career. And then once he found all this out, then the question is, does he, you know, does he try to get out of the case? Does he stay in it? And of course, he's being trailed by people. and It's a little more sensationalized than it normally would be. But the question being, you know, if you find out that your client's not only guilty of this crime that you're actively representing him for, but then a crime that someone else, that former client sitting in jail for, what do you do? And it is a, you know. It's quite a predicament. It is. And it's not something we face because we don't do criminal law in this office, but um, it's, you know, we we do have, you know, kind of mini versions of that on occasion that we have to deal with. Um, Number six, Devil's Advocate. Um, Another sensationalized movie, but anyone want to tackle that? I have not seen it. Okay. (laughs) I have. But I mean, it's it's a it's a very interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Keanu Reeves portrays a young attorney in the South um, who's undefeated um, in defending uh, mostly uh, criminal cases, and uh, he ends up getting uh, recruited by Al Pacino to come work in a fancy New York law firm. And, however, it turns out that Al Pacino is actually the devil, and uh, some interesting things come out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. To me, the most interesting part of the whole movie is is that uh, Keanu Reeves's career once he moves to the big city and starts working for Al Pacino, it like it literally poisons his wife, and she just withers into nothing. Uh, and she's actually kind of a significant character in the story because she's the like she's the barometer for how bad the 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 life under Pacino really is. And plus, it's Al Pacino. You can't. Can't miss if you have a movie with Al Pacino. No, The Irishman, very good. Is it? It's about Nipah, you know that. Phenomenal. It's about Nipah. 
just I'm just letting everyone know it's about NEPA. It's you guys are it, all always all over me about NEPA. I, I, okay. I just watched it like a week ago and it's almost all in South Philly, buddy. Well, it is. I was at Villa de Roma this weekend. Just a side note. Well, but. it's not NEPA. It's South Philly. Then, it's, then he took creative license because I'll tell you right now. Okay. Next. To Kill a Mockingbird, number five. Um, anyone want to handle it, tackle it? To Kill a Mockingbird? The old version. I read the book. Okay. Not the movie. Well, I think I, I, mean, I, I think I speak for all of us that Atticus Finch is at least in the top five of most heroic and well-known attorneys, fictional or, or otherwise, of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, you know, people aspire to be him in the legal profession all the time. <clears throat> and, you know, I think everyone knows the To Kill a Mockingbird story at this point. It's one of the most famous novels and movies of all time. Uh, I think it definitely highlights the role that the law plays in changing societal norms and, uh, you know, rights for minorities, rights, and we're going to tackle this in some later movies, too. But it's, I mean, the law is always at the forefront based on your constitutional rights. Uh, it's always at the forefront of making change in this country. And I think there's there's never been a more um, apt representation of that than To Kill a Mockingbird. So classic in all senses of the word. I think if it was if it was filmed in the 2000s, it would be number one. But I think just the fact that it's in black and white, people don't. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, one of the bigger takeaways from that movie is that, the, you know, the jury had made up their mind before they heard any evidence in the case, and it was incumbent upon uh, Atticus Finch to, to totally overcome that, that predisposition of guilt. Uh, you know, the, the, the idea that, that there was going to be a factual weighing in the case is, from the beginning, that doesn't exist. The guy's guilty, and now Atticus has to get him away from the, the jury's understanding of guilt, which is not how it's supposed to work, but we see that in, uh, uh, particularly in our products cases, you have somebody who's mangled or dead or in really, really a bad state, and people assume that the product is what, what caused that issue, not that hundreds or thousands of other different factors could have <coughs> weighed into that you know, maybe they were on drugs, or maybe they weren't paying attention, or maybe somebody modified it, that sort of thing. But it's the same idea. It's, there's a the, No jury walks in, in my opinion, no jury walks in with a blank slate. They just don't. I agree. Um, all right, number four, Liar, Liar. Jim Carrey, classic. A classic funny one. Um, I don't think it's realistic at all, <laughs> obviously. Um, his son, you know, makes a wish that he can't, that his father can't tell a lie for 24 hours. Um, and it just so happens that it was done on a day where he was arguing a very, one of, a very important case for, for him in his career. Um, so obviously, um, you know, 24 hours, he doesn't lie. Um, like you said, a classic Jim Carrey movie. Um, just in my experience, what I took away one little bit, um, when he calls and tries to ask for a continuance, <laughs> um, and he can't lie, it's hilarious. I, I, in my experience, it's just funny because you get all kinds of excuses for people asking mm-hmm. for continuances, whether it be responding to discovery or, or anything, um, time extensions. Um, and I just thought that that was really funny because I think it's true that you do get a lot of lies in, yep. in those oh, situations. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. And I'm sure if, you, if most people mm-hmm. watching just see the film is called Liar Liar, they might as well assume it's about attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> that probably is, goes part and parcel. Um, number three, we're in the top three. The bronze medal goes to Apley because of where we're filming, Philadelphia. My favorite. Is your favorite movie? Favorite. Favorite legal movie. Yes. Favorite movie movie or legal no, movie? No. Dirty Dancing, but. No. Like, uh, they're very similar. Same topic. <laughs> same level of. Uh, but yes, this, this one is a, this one's a big one for me. And this is one of the reasons I actually went to law school. Um, and ironically, um, 
the first jury trial I participated in was in that courtroom. I don't know if they actually filmed it there, but that was the courtroom that they depicted in okay. the movie. Was um, it City Hall? Right over yeah. at City Hall, yep. Okay. So. Anyone else see Philadelphia? Great movie. Fantastic. I've not seen it. Yeah, it's cool. There's a bunch of landmarks that, uh, you know, have been transformed for various mm-hmm. purposes. I think, actually, isn't uh, uh, Denzel Washington's office was a bar in was uh, Rittenhouse area, I think. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I forget. Yeah. Um, I and I think another office is now that in the Mexican restaurant. Um, right here? Yeah, Those yeah. tacos? No, no, no. The big the bigger oh, right. one. Oh, Ray No. I can't say the name. I forget. Okay. Lolita? Wow, that is know, not right down you here. You think I was some like aficionado in Mexican food? Yeah. Well, that's also like 20 blocks away. Yeah. But well, no big <laughs> deal. <laughs> Great, thanks. But I think it was kind of, um, for that, for the time, I think it was a very um, bold move to make that movie. Um, I know it was, uh, I, I don't think it's an actual true story, but it was inspired mm-hmm. by true was, stories. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, t- Tom Hanks yep. can't go wrong. I thought, uh, I think I thought it was phenomenal. That, sorry to interrupt. No? Uh, the African-American attorney representing a fellow discriminated against. I mean, Denzel Washington faced discrimination. He saw a kindred spirit in Tom right. Hanks. And, and he was homophobic in the beginning. He and was, then, yep. He and then he came the to yep. 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 And so I think it's another <coughs> example of law making societal change. And, and I think that, that yep. movie is in 93. I had to look it up yesterday. Is it really? And that's that's not peak, you know, AIDS epidemic. But, I mean, that's right around my, the Magic Johnson. Th- I mean, that was right. a big deal then. I mean, that was a big, big topic in America. Right? Mm. So, All right, the final two. Before we even get to the number two, I have to say this is my father's favorite movie. <laughs> I think it's tied between Jeremiah Johnson, Mountain Man, and My Cousin Vinny. So you want to talk about two different types of movies. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's that's the tie in his mind, but he quotes it constantly. Um, I'll just leave it at that. But My Cousin Vinny, anyone else uh, could talk about this. I'm sure we'll talk about this for a while. So anyone, shoot. I just think as a young attorney, uh, it's a great movie because it teaches you so many different lessons. I mean, they've got lessons with respect to criminal procedure, with the rules of evidence, with trial advocacy and uh, attorney-client representations, ethical issues. I mean, it runs the gamut in terms of uh, all different things that you need to know as a young attorney. Yep. And I think in our office, we, we our, just our office practices in three states. Uh, it's a firm we practice in, what, eight or nine? And I think it definitely highlights the differences in venues and, and how courts receive things. I mean, uh, my cousin Vinny, uh, with, um, Joe Pesci, goes down and represents his cousin in a criminal matter, and then he, the way he dresses, talks, acts. I don't know, who's the actor that plays the judge? He's in been lots of stuff. I don't know his name. Uh, he was in the Adams Family, too. Yes. Lurch. He was Lurch. I can't remember his name, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they he's also, my favorite character in the movie. He's great. He's fantastic. <laughs> but, I mean, he, remember he has to buy the new suit, and mm-hmm. he has to buy the one with the coattails. Remember that? And he says utes, and they don't understand what that word means, and he, they don't, he doesn't understand the words they're saying. So I think it, just, it highlights... You know, I think people generally say, well, you're a lawyer. You can do a case in Alaska. You can do a case in Lower Slobobia. And, you know, it's not the case. I mean, In, in you, where? Lower Slo- You never heard that? It's like a turn of phrase, Lower Slobobia? Never heard that okay. one. It's news to Timbuktu? me. Timbuktu? Timbuktu? <laughs> Is that you? Okay, fine. But you, it's, it's, as all of us know, that's not the case. I mean, no. there's, there's tons of local rules and additional local rules. There's just a local flair about places that you, you know, that's yeah. very, very different. Yeah, look, my, my wife's from the South, and, and the, the whole thing with the grits is, is like, her favorite part where, he, you know, he's like, uh, what is this? Goes, Those are grits. He goes, uh, you've had grits before. He's like, I have. I just never actually seen a grit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great with cross-examination. It's, yeah. it's, it's just fantastic. It's a, it's a really good And it's just funny, too. And the yeah. judge hates it, which yeah. I can yeah. empathize with. Yeah. I really can yeah. feel yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And the guy on trial is the Karate Kid, right? Daniel's son. Ralph Macho. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway. It's also scary that there's attorneys out there that have taken and failed the bar six times. Yes. And knowing that there are certain clients that do get stuck with those That's attorneys. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it worked Although out. here it worked out. It yeah. did, yeah. All right. Number one, before you watch this portion of the video, think in your head for a second. If you can guess what's not been on the list, I think you probably can be able to do this. But if not, comment below what you think number one should be. Jury duty with Polly Shore. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. It's not. It's just not going to be on there. I have never seen that. Oh, my God. It's 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 a masterpiece. It's There's a ma no other way to describe <laughs> it. Can we get that honorable mention at least? Honorable mention. What, okay, let's do that. It is what, horrible. Honorable mention. What, what, what didn't make the list before you get to number one that you would have preferred to have on the list? You had pretty high. It didn't make it. Mm, I think all of mine made it. Well, you know, Legally Blonde was not my favorite. I hate that movie. Yeah, I don't know why people people were so geeked. I think of all the votes we had, that was number one on like three ballots. I don't, yeah. I don't understand that. What, what, what did you vote for? Do you remember? That didn't make Everything the list? that I voted for is on the list. Great, thank you. Okay. I, I, I voted for uh, Pelican Brief, which I love. Oh, that is and, a good one. Um, I don't know. I oh, was, a civil action. A civil action? Yeah, with uh, John Travolta. I, how old is it? Uh, I think it's from the early 90s. Okay. But it's a case where he runs his, he has a plaintiff side firm and he runs it into bankruptcy, uh, defend, uh, trying to prosecute a case yeah. uh, where there's uh, a certain type of uh, contaminant that's polluting the water, uh, very similar to Aaron Brockovich. And yep. he gets a, a very uh, seemingly at the time a fair offer to settle. And he, uh, he doesn't even take it to his clients. He just, did not he just says absolutely not on on the spot mm. which you know highlights some concerns with uh you know the duty to bring any kind of reasonable offer to your client right. uh, for settlement but um you know it's very very interesting movie between, between aaron brockovich michael clayton this movie and then do you see this movie that's coming out with mark ruffalo dark water yes mm -hmm. yeah I mean, you think that there would be pollutants in the ground at every, you know, every corner. I mean, that, that yeah, seems there, like a pretty there, there might common be. theme. There yeah. might yeah. be. Might be. <laughs> Fine. Not NEPA. I, yeah. I voted for Scent of a Woman. It's, it, it's not really it's a legal movie, but the, the end of the movie is like a, a quasi-legal proceeding to, uh, to expel uh, one of the, the students of the Baird Academy or Baird School. Right. And then Al Pacino, again, you can't miss with him, uh, comes in and... It's quasi legal. It is, and he's blind yeah. in that, right? Is that yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great. That's a great scene. Yeah. All right, number one. Without further ado, I think all of us have seen this. Tyler, you have not seen this, which I find that's appalling. I don't know what there's well, just got problems. Tyler wasn't even old enough to get into the theater to see some of these <laughs> movies. <laughs> number one, a few good men. But you've seen the scene, the scene. I've seen the scene. Okay. You've seen the scene. Okay. Scene. Okay. Yeah. Any, okay. A few good men. Who, who's seen it? Who wants to break it down? I'll let you break it down. Well, I'm not going to go through the whole plot. I'll, I'll simply <laughs> say I think it shows great investigation. I think it, it shows yep. it shows the ability of attorneys to work as a team. Remember, it's it's um, who are the three? Demi Moore, Tom Cruise, and then what's the short guy? Sidney Pollack? No, not Sidney Pollack. Who's the guy? The short guy that's in it with them. Oh, I don't, I don't know. know his name. I'm yeah. bad with names. Anyway, yeah. it's the three of them, and, and I remember the scene where Tom Cruise is holding the baseball bat. Remember yep. that? And he's hit. You know, so it's, I think it shows that, you know, and we do that in our office all the time as we collaborate and try to attack both the investigation factually and the legal strategy from different angles and you get different ideas. And all three of them, I remember for most of the movie, are running around, flying to places, interviewing yeah. people, collecting documents. And that's that's really, I think, an important thing that the we deal with. Classic war room yes. when you're preparing yeah. for trial. That's right. You know, all the documents laid out on the table. And then, of course, the most fantastic uh, cross-examination scene in history where he he lures um, Lute was it Kendrick, 
I think yeah. it was, was it Nick Kendrick, uh, who played by Jack Nicholson, into a false sense of security, kind of pumping him up. He sees him as a, he has a lot of bravado and machismo about him, so he says anyone would follow your orders, right? Absolutely, to a T. You can't break orders. You can't break ranks. This is the Marines, etc. And then he turns it on him and says, you ordered the code red. And he says, you, something right I did. I can't say it on the air. And then that's the you can't handle the truth speech. And I think that's the, I mean, that's the best cinematic representation in the coolest scene ever, probably in a legal movie, of flipping someone from l luring them one way and, and playing nice to bad copying them and coming over the top. I agree. I think it was a phenomenal cross-examination. Yeah. Obviously, it's a movie, but, you know. What I, I like is, is uh, you know, uh, Tom Cruise, he's starting to get his, his sort of esteem going, and he totally oversteps bounds with how he handles Jack Nicholson and the judge. At one point, yes. he's like, uh, I prefer if you refer to me as uh, Colonel. Uh, and then uh, the judge orders, you know, Jack Nicholson back on the stand. And he goes, he's, he re says something to the judge. And the judge is like, you're going to refer to me as judge or your honor. You know, it's it's like there's kind of a cold yeah. uh, uh, sort of a, a pause there. And, uh, you know, again... Maybe you couldn't see the movie, weren't in PG-13 or whatever at the time. But, uh, you know, uh, Tom Cruise in the movie, he looks like he's like 19 years yeah, old. He does. You know? yeah. so. And then the opposing counsel is Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson has been 70 uh, forever. Yes. He's not changed a bit. Yeah. He's never been in a movie where he's less than 70 and he still looks 70. Yeah, even in The Shining, he's, he's yes. kind of old and creepy. That's right. Um, That's right. So yeah. anything else, anyone else want to add something on A Few Good Men? No? Yeah. You should see yep. it. Bottom line. Okay, great. It's your homework. Yeah. Um, so that completes our list. Um, if you have any additions, you think we, we missed something, you want to chime in, comment below. Uh, we really appreciate your, your time here, and we love doing this one. We think it's a lot of fun. Um, that's all for the Defense Never Rest. We'll see you next time. And, and Pauly Shore, if you're listening, I tried, man. <laughs>